Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For the next couple of hours, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, talking sports with you, and we appreciate it. Uh, you spending some of your morning here with us. The BMW of Des Moines guest list will get started right away here in about, oh, just a little more than 10 minutes. Rob Doster from Field of 68. We're going to take a look at college hoops. Uh, from a national perspective with Rob Doster, uh, doing a great job over there. If you uh, are a fan of college basketball, I would assume that you're following Field of 68 on Twitter. They do terrific recaps throughout the night, previews, and they actually did a game. Did you see that? I did, yeah. That's a feather in their cap. That's doing nothing but making their little endeavor worth I don't know what it was worth going into the year, um, but Doster loses his job at CBS uh, in um, you know, media cuts, lands on his feet, creates this bad boy, lines up Robbie Hummel and Jeff Goodman and Steve Prohm and dot, 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 and off and running. But when you can factor in a live broadcast, I don't care who it was, mm-hmm. you're going to, um, you got a chance. In fact, the Drake game tonight in Lincoln is on something I've never heard of, Baller TV. Yeah, it's a uh, big part of like AAU basketball. Okay, where if you go to any of those court, uh, any of those uh, courts in, across the country in different areas, it is a huge, huge component. So that's what it is. It's pretty well known in that kind of realm of gotcha. basketball. It is out there, but yeah, I didn't. What a weird game, and what a huge opportunity, though, for Drake. Oh, I'll say. And they, they need it, uh, yes. no doubt. Their games uh, uh, for the rest of the week were canceled, but they're playing over there against Mississippi State tonight. Uh, and that's at an early tip, 5 o'clock on, on Baller TV. So if you like to bet, um, you I got an one. opinion? Yeah. You do have an opinion. Well, we'll wait until your yes. place. Let's get to the BMW Des Moines guest list. So Doster coming up here at 11.15. Uh, in hour number two... We'll get into football uh, with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He will start things off and talk college with him. And then we'll uh, talk to Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Recap a bananas weekend uh, in the uh, in the NFL. Week 15 will be long remembered as, boy, there were so many crazy things. We'll talk to that and preview what's going forward, who has a chance, who's still alive, and that's where we should start, other than good morning to you, TC. Four o'clock tip, by the way. For the Four o'clock, so yes. I was looking at Eastern, our Eastern time zone. Um, Green Bay Packers did what they needed to do last night. Mm-hmm. It was a I mean, they're all de facto playoff games for them. It's uh, survive in advance. Now they head to Miami, and they'll uh, they um, will bring the curtain up on Christmas morning uh, with a game in Miami. Then they have to beat the Vikings, and then they have to beat the Lions. And if they do, they'll get to nine and eight, which may be good enough to find them in the playoffs for yet another year. So they check the first box. Do they do it? They got a great chance. They really do. The way the defenses continue to play. Uh-huh. Running game with the two outstanding running backs that they have, and Aaron Rodgers. Well, as long as his receivers run the right routes, <laughs> yeah, he lets him know, does he? Oh, he does. Christian Watson, he let him know yeah. on that little uh, slide play as he wasn't uh-huh. looking for the ball, and 
What was the question after the game? Something oh, along the lines of, you know, uh, something about fantasy guys and, and Christian Watson, something. And he just said, well, you got to look for the football if you want to score touchdowns in this league. <laughs> well, so he's right. He is. Uh, speaking of that, he said they, it, though, with a smile on his face. Did he? Face. That's good yes. because he's, they've got something there in him. They, oh, they, they yes. do. They've, they've got uh, a. Oh, great. Yeah. The Packers the ears, found another great That's all they need. But yeah. they're going to have to find a quarterback to get him the football in the years ahead. So, um, well, they may have a receiver. You got to get the ball to him. We'll see how that works out. But because uh, he can't play forever, maybe maybe playing his final games as a Packer. That's certainly one of the storylines to watch as we head into the offseason, which will be here uh, in three weeks. So rank them in order to difficulty. What's the easiest game left on the schedule? The easiest game left on the schedule is the Vikings. It game is. At home. Yes, it is. The number two this, seed. In this the... isn't me being. Oh, no, I, I know it's no, not. No, not at all. There is no doubt about it. In fact, couldn't agree with you more. If you made a point spread in all three games right now. Well, we know what the Miami points They're the, is. Miami's favored four. Miami's favored by four. Yep. Home against the Vikings, Packers, four and a half. Well, yeah. I mean, the game's at Lambeau. And, well, one uh, of the few remaining three-point uh-huh. home stadiums in yep. the NFL. Yep. Uh, maybe I, even a tad higher. Maybe. And then the Lions. Who are playing exceptionally well. Probably favored by four, three and a half, four, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, point spread-wise, it's a road game, and it's the Dolphins. They're right. an underdog in that one, which way they won't be in either of the two games at home to complete the season. But I think it's that Vikings game. Yeah, I, like, do, I do too. Just with with everything that is in front of them, the way that it plays out. Did they get Miami, though? You know, Miami showed a lot, I thought, I'm with on you, Saturday sir. night. I, we said this as much yesterday morning in this segment, that uh, I, that two impressed the hell out of me in, in the snow and in the cold and went toe-to-toe with the um, you know the team to beat, at least as far as seeding goes, in the AFC right now in the Bills. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. And don't the Packers usually struggle in Miami? I can't for remember many games. I, yeah, but for whatever reason, in the back of my head, I have warm weather Packers in their home unis in, in mm-hmm. Miami struggling. I could be dead wrong, and maybe I should have looked it up beforehand, but it just seems to me that the Packers, when they go to South Florida, um, it, is, it, um, it has not worked out well. Let's, have- yeah, let's find the series history here. Now, of course, not many games. Uh, let's see. Let's go back. But it seems like it's relatively recent, unless I'm thinking of somebody completely different. I think you are, because 2014 is the last time they yeah. played in Miami. They won 27-24. Yeah, that's not them, then. 2006, they played there again. They won 34. I mean, we, we could go way back. No, we Maybe as you were that. a youngster. I mean, they struggled Well, Rodgers wasn't there. I was thinking he struggled. No, not the case. Well, the Patriots have had their issues down there, mm-hmm. even during their long run of division championships. Maybe it's great. No, I don't mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm going to move on. I'm wrong. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. Look, at they've got a chance. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to win out, but um, they've now found themselves winners of uh, a couple of straight games, knocking off the Bears and knocking off the Rams last night. Just keep moving forward. That's right. And if they do, they may find themselves postseason bound. I wanted to uh, see if ESPN still has their playoff machine, and they do. Their playoff machine where you plug in all the games. Oh, yeah, I remember that from last year. And then it spits out who's going to be there. So current, and then you go through all the games. Select criteria. So let's just go win percentage. Team with the most wins going into the game wins the game then the following couple of weeks here. This would spit out. Your first round by in the AFC, the Bills, the one seed. Chiefs, two. Cincinnati, three. Tennessee, four. Tennessee against your Chargers. Mm. Cincinnati against Miami. Mm. That's a fun matchup. Yeah, I'll say. And Kansas City gets Baltimore. Those are three excellent games. The, the AFC is so good. In the NFC. Uh-huh. Of course, Philly, the one. Yeah. The Vikings, the two seed. 
they get the Giants. San Francisco, the three, they get Detroit. And then it'll be Tampa. Dallas has been projected for like two months now. That would be your uh, four or five matchup there. But we can play around a little bit here. And let's play around with those Green Bay Packers. So we go over, jumping through. Packers, 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 where are they? So let's give them a win against Miami. Let's give them a win against the Vikings. And let's give them a win against Detroit. As I scroll through here, looking for it. There it is. Here is now your NFC matchups. Philly 1. Minnesota drops to the 3 seed in this scenario. They'll play the Giants. Still 4-5 the same. And the Packers would be the 7 seed against San Francisco. GB is in. Does any is there is there one of the uh the companies that is offer playoffs yes yes no's yes yeah. no I mean obviously you're not going to bet the bill they're I mean, they're home free but right. is there is there a company that's got the Jags up there that's got the mm-hmm. Lions up there that's got a team like the Packers that need need things to go the Patriots that need things to go their way for them to find a way into the playoffs let's look here and it'll be under futures team futures let's see what we can find here to win the Super Bowl no we're not looking for that conference winner division winner regular season wins. Winner's Specials. Is that what it's under? Winning Division? Where, no. What app are you on? Uh, this is on DraftKings. Okay. They do have regular season wins. So let's take a look. Green Bay. Seven and a half is their number. Right now. Right now. The over is even money. Uh-huh. The under is minus 120. So they don't like them. They don't. No. Not at all. That's kind of surprising. It is too. It? I'm, I'm with you. I That's, think they're favored in two games. Yeah, that feels like a double your money opportunity. Yeah. At plus 100, uh-huh. even money on that mm-hmm. one. Interesting on that front. But yeah, not seeing any playoff, yes, no playoff specials, at least there. Uh, let's uh, We can play around with that a little bit. While you're well. looking, did you see Circa has upgraded their app? I did, yeah. I uh, tried to get on last night and saw they were going through maintenance mm-hmm. issues. So I got on this morning and, yeah. uh, and upgraded. It's nice. It's it's much quicker. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a lot smoother. Uh, and quite honestly, it was needed. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you look and get money down and for the most part, get the best lines, including college wrestling, as I bet on a couple of matches yesterday in the National College Duels. And uh, got a couple winners yesterday, so that was good to see. Absolutely. All right, Rob Doster is coming up. We'll get into Doster. I actually looked at, um, well, Lenardi's bracket was out this morning. I went to our guy Shelby Mass bracket, bracket wag. It's amazing the difference, at least at this point of the season, in the two bracketologists, what they have and what they don't have. I uh, just jumped over to FanDuel, who always has a long menu. Mm -hmm. Green Bay Packers to make the playoffs. Take a guess with the yeses. Obviously, plus money. Uh, sure. It is uh, plus one. Um, I don't know. You gotta go much higher. Really? Plus eight eighty to make the playoffs. To make the playoffs. So they gotta run. They gotta run the table. They gotta run the table, and they still need some help. Mm-hmm. But that's a big price. At plus eight eighty. I don't think I would do it, Trent. I don't think they get in. I think they drop a game. I think this weekend they could lose. Yes, absolutely. The way the Dolphins are playing yes. right now. I think I would take the I mean, the Dolphins are favored for a reason, right? And I yes, even it's with more the three than game losing streak, yes, I, I'm with you there. Still at that price, a little juicy. There might be a wager in my in my future. What about the Chargers? What's their number? The Chargers to make the playoffs. The the yes minus seven fifty. Yeah, they're in. The no plus four ninety. Uh, how about the Patriots? Plus 470 now to make the playoffs. How devastating. Yep, not good. That play was. Uh, Who else is interesting to make the playoffs? How about Detroit? Okay. Plus 128 is the S. The no minus 150. How about that? The Lions. There's a lot of love for the Lions. What a world, huh? I mean, this was a... uh 
Yeah, Dan Campbell was dead coach walking right. almost, right? Yeah, yeah. The way they started the year doesn't seem like yeah, that he was going to even make it to November for crying out loud. But but here they are, and it's a good story. Um and they've got a very high draft pick because right now the Rams are slated to pick somewhere uh, in the in the uh, first five picks of the NFL draft, and that belongs to your Detroit Lions based on the uh, Matthew Stafford compens- Stafford compensation that uh, uh, that comes back to them. Boy, it's just trading tra- trading draft capital, right? The Rams top five pick, Denver top five pick goes to Seattle. So you got to be very careful. Uh, now look at the Rams. Would they trade? Would they do it again? A and A heartbeat. They grabbed the Holy Grail last year. After all, won the Super Bowl, and um, nobody has any misconceptions that they did the wrong thing after that. So good for them. Uh, but something to watch down the stretch. They come only three weeks left in the regular season. Uh, lots to play out. Lots of good games. And there's going to be some weather this weekend including well we'll get to that after um with with this with what we're supposed to get i guess this is for for the most part across the entire country this wind and cold and chicago's supposed to get over a foot Woo! and if you're traveling and you're going through o'hare uh-huh man I'm, planes trains and automobiles oh boy oh boy oh boy let's get to rob doster a field of 68 rob got trenton ken thanks as always for doing this how are you rob doster are you guys upset that we're going to have a white Christmas? Is that well, what I'm hearing over here? Yeah, the white c- Christmas is fine. No, it's cold. not. I could do without it for the rest as long as I live, Doster. I'm from Canada. I don't care if I ever see another snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> you got to move farther south. Dude. It's coming. <laughs> it, it's coming. Hey, uh, before we get into um, you know, what you've seen so far, how did the live play-by-play come about for you guys? That's a huge feather in your cap, Doster. It really is. From where you guys were when you started to actually broadcasting a game, in my opinion uh somebody who's watched your site build uh and um you know uh, not envious but watching it you're watching what you guys have done and um just kind of in awe having a live game that's huge for your site yeah i, I mean I, I appreciate that it, it was um it was a lot of effort we were we came close on a couple of other ones before this um that during the uh the, the covid year not the covid year but the year after that 21 22 when there were a bunch of like random games that had to be rescheduled all through December and January, and you had all these teams that uh, lost a couple games that were just looking to play anybody, any uh, anywhere that they could, just so they could get enough games in on the season, um, we reached out and we tried to make it happen. And we came close on a couple of them, and it just didn't work out. So one of the things that we focused on this offseason was connecting with programs and with, uh, with, with some of these events that, that are looking for more broadcast promotion right so we kind of lucked out that one Furman um, is a program that wants to invest in basketball to the city that they're located in in Greenville uh, in South Carolina is a city that was looking to be able to get some promotion for um, this basketball uh, this basketball MC. well it wasn't really an MCE, but it was like a, a triple header um, to showcase the city and to try to bring some spotlight to the city so uh, they wanted us to come down, and they were just looking for promotion. We were like, well, the best way to promote it would be to let us broadcast the game. Yeah. We'll bring our guys down. We'll do it. We'll we'll have a blast with it. We'll uh, we'll make it be something that is unique to this kind of a broadcast. And, um, we'll use it as kind of the uh, example that we give out to anybody else for any other games that we could try to get. So hopefully this won't be the last one. The, the plan is to keep going with this. You know, if I, could, if I could make one thing happen next year, it would be creating – our own kind of like NTE 
that's nothing but the best in majors in the country mm. that one need a platform and two need a chance to be able to get some bigger games. So maybe bringing back bracket busters, but instead of having it just be bracket busters, turn it into something kind of similar to the Maui Invitational, mm-hmm. where you have like the eight best in majors in the country and they all play an MTE on the field of 68, which would be pretty awesome if we could pull it off. I don't know if we will, uh, but that's kind of, uh, that's the dream, right? You got to shoot yeah. stars. Ah, oh, that's awesome, man! And love what you guys are doing there, and the continued uh, partnership that you have, both on the, on the basketball side and also the gambling side, which I'm really into. College basketball, love betting it. Though your sacred heart pick before the year, uh, they've been bad at LTS. Oh man, that was off. <laughs> well, I, I took a, I took a, Here's here's the thing, though, Trent. I took a couple L's early with that, and yep. I just completely bailed on the bandwagon. I was like, nope, this is a bad read. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got to do. Yep, that's what you got to do. And you can't just uh, keep going with your preseason stuff. You got to keep digging in. Well, Dustin, let's get into the season. And you got Purdue at the top. They're the number one team in the country. But doing it with Edie and a couple of freshman guards that were not highly regarded coming out of high school, it doesn't seem like the most sustainable model. I mean, it just takes one foul trouble game, and Edie and Purdue is knocked out of the tournament. This is as wide open as I can remember, and, and maybe as deep as I remember. Teams that realistically have a shot to get to a Final Four, to win a national championship. Do you see it the same way? Yeah, you know, I do. I, I don't think that there is one dominant team in college basketball. I do think that that narrative is eventually going to end up getting flipped on its head. Um, I think that people are going to be talking about UConn that way as the season mm-hmm. progresses, mostly because I don't know if there's anybody in the Big East that's going to be able to beat them. They're going to lose some games here and there, but I got a feeling like we're going to be heading into March and UConn's going to have like two losses on their resume. Yeah. Um, and... You know, they, they play, they have a really tough stretch coming up here after this Georgetown game, but it's Villanova at home, it's Creighton at home, and they play at Marquette and at Providence. And they, they could realistically win all of those games, right? And if they do and they get through that, then I think we're going to have a very different conversation about uh, whether or not there is a great team in college basketball this year. But to your point, like, Purdue's really good, like really, really good. I don't. I think that they're a little bit exploitable in terms of some of the matchups just because their guard play, I don't want to say it's limited, but they don't really have that dude that can go get you one on the perimeter if you need someone to go get you one. Um, and I, the biggest thing I'm worried about is just defensively, right? Like I think Evie's been better on that end of the floor, but at the same time, um, he is somebody that, one, is going to be able to get the, He's going to get tired quicker, right? He's seven foot four and 290 pounds. He's not going to be able to run the way that someone that's uh, five inches shorter and 40 pounds lighter is going to be able to run, right? And two, it's just never going to be easy to put a dude like that into different ball screen um, ball screen defenses, right? There's a reason why uh, guys that are his size and his ability aren't necessarily uh, being drafted, um, you know, in the first round by NBA teams anymore. But they're really good. They run really good stuff. I love Arizona. Like, that is the most yeah. high-powered offense in the country, if you ask me. And it's incredible what they're doing. Like, I still have some of the same concerns with them that I do with Purdue because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, they're playing two big guys together, right? Two big guys that can't shoot together in Azulus Tubelas and Umar Ballo. Um, and that's always a little bit tricky when it comes to specific kind of matchups. And in the tournament, like, that's, that's the thing that kind of messes you up with this, uh, is you got to win six games um, in a row. Right, and all it takes is one bad matchup, one bad shoot night to kind of blow everything up. Houston's really good; like they're so tough. And I think that uh, you know they got picked off by Alabama. I think Alabama, um, their team, there's, I mean, Alabama, Arkansas. There's so many teams that are threats that maybe we didn't necessarily think were huge threats coming into the season. 
crazy. It's wild to kind of watch all of this develop, right? UCLA, how many people yeah. off UCLA after the Illinois stuff and mm-hmm. look at what they're doing now? Excellent point. Rob, I want to ask you about one more Big East team, and I do want to obviously we'll get to the locals and get your opinion on what we're seeing here so far. But I want to ask you about Creighton. What the hell has happened here? I mean, they're 6-0. and They've got a couple of top 25 scalps, including Arkansas, and they haven't won since. I get that Kalkbrenner is out. I bought into this Creighton team in a big, big way. Came into work the next day. Condon's laughing at me, thinking you made a huge mistake. Yep. Uh, what has happened to Creighton? Um, I think losing Calabrenner is a really, really big deal, right? Because I think what we saw against Nebraska specifically is that there are ways that you can game plan this team to kind of slow down what they do offensively, right? If you're just daring them to shoot, they don't really have a lot of great shooters. You know, this is not the team that had Doug McDermott and they had um, all of those guys like Grant Gibbs and those dudes and uh, Ethan um, Blanking on his last name. But this isn't a team that's going to shoot like, 46% from three and shoot 39 of them every single game. That's not. What, that's just not what this team is. So there's ways that you can game plan against that, which means they got to be great defensively if they're going to have a chance to win at the level that we thought they were going to be able to win at. And without Calfred or without their anchor, they're just not. They're, uh, and they're, this team is basically like five to six deep, right? They can play Mason Miller and they can play the Farabello kid. Um, they can play Sharif Mitchell. But those guys are such a step down from what their starters are, right? Like, if you look at UConn right now, I'll just compare it to UConn. UConn has nine dudes where they could probably start for this team and you wouldn't see a drop-off. Hmm. And that's just not the case with Creighton. So when you lose Cal Brenner defensively, that just takes away everything from what you want to be able to. I mean, look, he's kind of what, like Walker Kessler was last year for okay. Auburn. Yep. He's a guy where you can get out and pressure and funnel him to the basket, and he raises everything at the rim. The other problem? I think that there might be a little bit of uh, NIL jealousy going on mm. in uh, that locker room, which is one of the dangers of having yeah. uh, being able to spend all that money, right? Like, if you're – think about it like this, and, and I don't think that they're the only program that's having some of these issues. One, uh, are the checks getting cleared on time? Is this stuff written in a contract? You're promised a number? Are you guaranteed to get that number? I don't know if that's specifically Creighton that's dealing with that, but I do know that there are programs, <coughs> Texas Tech, Bardaws, AMAC, <laughs> that have had some of those issues, right? And two, if you were there last year and you were an all-conference player and you proved how good you were and you're getting X amount of dollars, and those X amount of dollars aren't as much as the guy that they paid to uh, to come in and to transfer in and to get recruited in, that's a little bit of uh, uh, something where jealousy can kind of seep in and, and people are looking and pocket-checking, right? So I, I think that we're going to see stuff like this pop up more often. Like, it's always going to be an issue, jealousy, infighting. Like, some teams are going to have some of those chemistry problems in the locker room. But I think it's going to pop up a little bit more in certain places where the NIL money is used as that recruiting tool where you can get players to come in, right? If you promise someone X amount of dollars to come there and it's not based off your performance or based off, quite frankly, your name, image, and likeness within that city, within that college town, then you're going to see uh, that can throw off the balance just a little bit. So I think it's a combination of everything. You lose California, that's a big thing. You're not completely locked in, that's a big thing. You got a little, you got some people that are a little, uh, jealous of the money that's being made in other places. That's a big thing as well. Duster, let's uh, jump into the local front here and uh, just get your thoughts. Iowa, Iowa State, Drake on top of they got a huge game today against Mississippi State over in Lincoln. There'll be dozens in attendance for that one <laughs> yeah. at 4 o'clock in the afternoon Central Time. Just a weird start time there. But those three teams and just your overview of each of the three that have a shot to be tournament teams. Well, I, Iowa's the one that's the most interesting to me, 
right? Like I had, I had real questions about them coming into the season, and it's just like they they never slow down, man. Like I don't, I don't know what it is about Fran, but he could just put you could pretty much. I I think that if you put the three of us on the floor with like two. <laughs> Two, whatever two McCaffrey's are still coming, there's got to be like 17 more <laughs> McCaffrey children coming through or something. There's, there's another one, one coming. There's one yep. coming, yeah. He's a freshman in high school, yeah. Jack. So you put the, the two, the three of us on the floor with Jack and Patrick, and I got a, I got a feeling that we're going to end up being like a top 10 team in Ken Palm's offensive efficiency. Yes. It's just, he's magic. And I do think that they're a little bit better defensively than they have been. They don't really have like a rim protector, uh, but like Perkins can get after you and get a opinion and um, they're so they're they're better than I thought they were going to end up being. I, I do think a lot of who they can be and, and like what they are long term depends on how long it's going to take for Chris Murray to get back. And I don't know the exact details on it, uh, but I do know that that's something like his foot has been bothering him for a while. So I don't know if it's, it's the kind of thing where they're going to have to shut him down or if it's just like all right, let's give it a month and we'll see what can happen. There has been as far as has there been an official diagnosis on him yet? No, there's talk of plantar fasciitis is what he has, and people are saying more than likely not the Nebraska game, the first Big Ten game as they get back, or even the Penn State game, but possibility it's going to go a little deeper into January when they host Indiana. They could be looking at an 0-3 start. Nebraska playing better, and of course Penn State. I mean, that's an old, old team, the oldest in college basketball. Yeah, you know, I think that if you're going to if you're going to be missing Chris Morgan for a couple games, I think that, that Specifically, Nebraska is probably the team you want to face. Mm-hmm. And I do think that they can beat Penn State without him because uh, so much of what Iowa does is based on, like, scheme and based off of we're going to – our offense is going to get these shots for these people in these spots, right? That's why you're seeing Chris Murray have this much success uh, with Keegan gone and kind of just stepping right into that role. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 it limits what your ceiling is when you lose a guy that is that effective in that role. Uh, as far as Ohio, as I, as far as Iowa State is concerned, um, I just, I mean, I, I know that they played well at the start of the year, and I know they got that win over North Carolina, but it's just so hard for me to buy all the way in on a team that like that, that just doesn't have that great playmaker, right? That doesn't have that guy that can go and create you something when you really need one. Um, I think losing Tyrese Hunter obviously hurt. I think losing the uh, the, the kid from uh, Temple. Brock, uh, oh like, yeah, 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 right, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, losing him when he transferred in, that was a guy that was expected to kind of play a lot of minutes for him at the point. So, uh, but they're always going to be relevant because CJ's just such a good defensive coach. And it's funny when you think about it, right? Because I don't, that wasn't really the reputation that he had coming in. You know, I think he's really adjusted well to what life is in the Big 12. If you're not an elite defensive team that's willing to play that, like, no middle defense and, and kind of say, hey, look, I bet they're not going to call a foul on every single possession. So just go out there and hack them. And grab them and hold them. And let's go. You know, let's play rugby. Let's play rugby with a round ball. Um, and if you're willing to, to coach that way, then I think that you can have some success in the Big Twelve. And TJ's adjusted well. And like, it, it's funny when you think about it. Uh, his South Dakota State teams in the Summit League were not like that at all. They were very defense averse. Whereas now he's gotten to uh, to Iowa State, and it's kind of like, yeah, all right, you know, <laughs> we're going to be a top ten defense. And on the nights when we can score sixty points, we're probably going to end up winning, which is. <laughs> Funny. Some of the South Dakota State teams would score 60 and a half. Right. <laughs> what about Drake, real quick? Have you seen them? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Um, I think that the Missouri Valley is, uh, I mean, you need Missouri State, uh, Missouri State, you need Murray State and you need Belmont to be really, really good. And the year that both of them joined the conference, 
they both kind of ended up being um, like in a little bit of a rebuilding spot, mm-hmm. right? Like obviously Murray State lost their coach and lost all the uh, the, the fifth year guys um, that went to LSU. I love Prom. I think Prom's going to get it going, but uh, without without having those guys, it's going to be a little bit of rough sledding. And I say all that to say this. Uh, without Belmont and Murray State playing the way you would expect Belmont and Murray State to be playing, I think that it's going to be tough for the Valley to be more than a one-bit lead. Um, even in a year where you see like the A-10 struggle and you see the Mountain West not necessarily having their big dogs eating the way you would expect. So um, Drake is good enough, I think, to win that lead, but they're going to have to win that lead, I think, if they win. All right, Rob Doster, good stuff, Rob. You're cutting out right at the end. Thank you for doing this. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. We'll talk to you in uh, 23. Thank you, Rob Doster. Congrats I on the field. Of... The That's what it's got to be, man. They must know. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> time, know. time to go. Thank you, buddy. Later, guys. Thank you. Rob Doster, Field of 68. Follow him. If you're a college basketball fan, yeah. uh, they are. It's, it's really good. Uh, just log it on there and leave it on there and letting those guys break down games at the end of them. You know, he brings up a good point. MVC. More than likely one bit. Now, if Drake goes out and they go 19 and 1 and get to the championship and they uh-huh. beat Mississippi State today, all right, we're, we're having a different guy. That's, this is a big game for Drake today for that very yes, reason. But that's a long ways down the road. The A10 is down. WCC is decent, but overall, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of those when you get to the first four. It's going to be a lot of eh, this team went 8 and 12 in their major conference against you know just a bunch of middling teams, probably in that. I don't know how many bids there's going to be for the mid-majors that we've seen in the past. WCC's got a chance. Not only Gonzaga, but San Francisco's got you know, a couple of No, that's what wins. I wanted to ask him. I wonder if there's any if he's hearing any steam on the Gonzaga Big 12. Oh, yeah. Darn it. We'll get him on again soon. Yeah. All right, we will uh, go to break. It's just past 1130. Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday on Des Moines. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Uh, I was got the depth chart out for the uh, for the bowl game. We'll get to that in a minute with a couple of um, changes on it. Mm-hmm. So something interesting. Did you see the tweet last night from uh, UTSA's coach Jeff Trailer? I did. Talking about yeah, how does USTF? How did we go about reporting Power Five schools are trying to poach our young talent? How uh-huh. much evidence do we need to make this not be part of our game? I see it totally opposite. You do? I completely opposite. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace your best players getting fucked away. Yeah, come here for one or two years. Player, you know what's up. We'll be a feeder. Your conference USA for God's sakes. Embrace it, Trent. Yeah, that's not going to work. Why not? Why not? Because if you if you're there because you didn't have a chance to go to a Power Five school in the first place, you went there, you got better. Now you're getting noticed. Embrace it. I can't go down that road with oh, you. Oh boy, I could. You don't think that that's something that these guys could? Uh, I mean, 
I don't know. Look, how many guys are they going to lose? Four or five? And look what they did this year. They what was their record? Is that a sustainable model? Though? I don't know. It is in this day and age. Don't you have to kind of think outside the box? Well, you know, reality. I mean, you have to be smart. But yeah, if you got guys that want to be there, that want to stick around, and you got people reaching out when they're not in the transfer portal. That's illegal. Mm-hmm. I know it's the wild, wild west, mm-hmm. but. That's been illegal since since college athletics started. It's not to say they're just we have a society here, right? I get it. There are rules for a reason. But come here, play a year or two. Somebody will notice you. You didn't get noticed coming out of high school. That's why you're here, kid. You know, player, you know what? Off. They know that, right? But now all of a sudden, the schools are noticing. They want to replenish their roster. Where they're going to do so with Conference USA kids? Come on to us. I would do it. I would absolutely do it. We would uh, be very different in that line. Yeah, and I'd beat your ass every year. Would you? I think I would because I keep getting better players than your seniors who are there for a reason. Yeah, they've been in the system four years. Yeah, but, but I get to keep better? my guys. It's true. But and, I and you're playing with freshmen and sophomores, and I'm playing and, with juniors and, and, and seniors. And he is this year. I'll look whoop your his, ass. And look what he's doing this year. Look what he did with them. He's been pretty successful. I'll say. Yeah. And now, because everybody wants his team, I think in today's NIL, if you're not a power five, if you don't have an opportunity, look, they're not getting any kids. Right? Nobody's coming there for NIL money to UT San Antonio. Sell your kids. I mean, not literally sell your sell your kids on the fact That's that you That's kind of you what you're could, saying. Well, you come here, get better, and maybe you'll have a chance to, you know, maybe an SEC or a Big Ten or whatever, or a USC will want you. Well, that's ultimately what it's turning into. Which, I mean, that's what it is. That's what I mean. And that's the reality. But is that something you really sell? No, yeah, absolutely. That's a conversation. Hey, come here. All right, you have an offer. You're a Texas kid. Mm-hmm. You got UTSA. Yep. And you got Purdue and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. All right, stay here close to home. You're you going to play right away. Absolutely, you can sell that. That's what I would be selling. Mm-hmm. And yes, ultimately, yeah, you didn't get that offer from a big, big 12 right. school. Texas didn't want you. Te- but maybe they do now. You've you played play a couple of years. And yes. You know what? You're good. You're running for over 1,000 yards. Same we thing in the running back. Look at that Cephas kid. We talked about him in one of the random action games. That. And yeah. he was kind of banged up going into it. And that was my handicap because that's how good he is. And he's got everybody after him. Mm-hmm. I mean, George is involved mm-hmm. and a bunch of other big schools are involved in this guy. But who, instead of bitching, and I get why he's doing it. You, you got to do that, though. But, here, here, but, but do you? Because Jeff Trailer, he was the finalist for Stanford. What would he have done? Well, yeah. Take, take the money and run. Right. Um, if you've got players, if you've got an opportunity, because these kids want to go to Texas. They wanted to go to Baylor, Texas Tech, or A&M, dot, dot, dot. And now they got a chance to go to there and actually get a bag from, um, in doing so. I don't think it's a crazy idea. Did uh, you see the new NCAA president? Yes. Uh, he's a politician. I have no idea what he does. Is you, he a mayor? He's a governor. He's a governor. Okay. You, you said the correct term, though. He's a politician. Right. He didn't go with an old AD, so you think an old school president. That he's going to be able to get politicians in line to rein NIL in. There is not a doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that the reason they went this route mm-hmm. is because they can't do anything. What's we, his name? Where's he from? Uh, Charlie Baker, governor of Massachusetts. This is a guy that is going to, because what is the job really of the NCAA president? They put together a couple of TV contracts for NCAA sports outside of football because they don't have jurisdiction right. over that. Right. That's about it. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot for a job that pays you three, four million dollars a year. It's a pretty mm-hmm. good gig. It is. Outside of the arrows that come your way. For this to go out and get a politician, it shows you we know we cannot govern this right now. Right. We have such a large separation between our universities 
that we govern, that we have to go a different route. We have to throw our hands up and say, we can't do it. Please help us out, mm-hmm. Congress, politicians, mm-hmm. and the like. That is the way. And when I saw but that and saw they? his background, yeah, they can. Do you think you, you can you go back? Yes, absolutely. Because they are going to become employees. That's how it's That's going fine. to happen. That's the, good. The uh, it's an entity that works with labor force, and their jurisdiction basically only pertains to private schools. Yeah. And USC got hit hard because this jurisdiction basically said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! These are employees now, and you have to make them that way." Mm-hmm. It is just step one, and this is going to be a long, drawn out process. Yeah. Is going to happen in the next five years, ten years? Who knows? Ultimately, we will. And get that's there. McCaffrey's biggest bitch, right? Is because the NCAA let this get out. Oh, of absolutely! Hand. Yeah, because they put no guardrails up. Right? They did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. They just threw their hands up and turned it into what we're seeing here today, mm-hmm. which is there are no rules. And for Jeff Trailer to say. We have rules. Right. This is an easy one. Yeah. But he, I'm guessing he's not the only one. That's, oh, absolutely. That he's the only one that's oh, gone public every, that we've seen. Every MAC coach. Yeah. Every Conference, conference USA, USA. Sure. Every American. Yeah. Every mid-tier power conference team. Yep. yep. On and on and on. Mountain West. Yes. Sure. It's happening everywhere. Uh-huh. And not just at the mid-major and low-major level. It's happening everywhere. And there are rules in place for this. There are not many rules left. But does he look like a hypocrite knowing that he was out? He had one foot out the door. I don't think so. They all do. He's, and he's not saying his players he don't want, he doesn't want them to transfer. That's not what he's saying. He's saying we have a rule. Mm-hmm. People are outwardly breaking our NCAA rules. Who do I contact? Mm-hmm. Now there's nobody that works for the enforcement no. staff anymore. No, there isn't. And uh, and he's got to know it's been going on forever. I mean, oh. he's in the business for crying yes. out loud. I still think that if 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 I was if I was leading a program and I wasn't a power five and I had and I was willing to go down that road and I was willing to take kids that I know are only going to be here for a year or two get them in train them coach them up and then make them appealing therefore see that as dollar signs I think you could sell that to a kid I'm sure that's part of the recruiting process though but I, th- I think we're just maybe we're just seeing it in a different way we forward you you would rather have Jeff Trailer come out and say we're open for business. Yes. Come here and yes. transfer. Yes. It's hard to sell the alumni. It's hard to get yeah, people excited about your program. Yeah, but it's 12 and 2 and winning bowl games every does, does that change the alumni's mind? Yeah. But did they do it with all freshmen and sophomores? I uh, They did. You no, know, I don't know about their roster. In I, fact, their quarterback is coming back for I believe a 6 year. Is he? Yeah. Well, if you got a quarterback, you got a chance, but they're going to need a new quarterback at some time, and maybe they can get a kid for a year or two, and he can go off to another school and get paid. I'd embrace it. We see it differently. 11.46, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish the hour. We'll get into the eye with depth chart. And you know what? There was a, a good move by the NCAA. They did the right thing when it came to the service academies. Did you see that? I did. There's a kid that plays for one of them that is going to be potentially the highest-drafted service academy member in a long time, mm-hmm. and he was going to have to leave the academy and go right into the service. But they're going to be able to postpone. There was a quarterback that fell into that not too many years ago. Keenan Maybe, Reynolds. There you go. Should there have won the Heisman. Or should have. In the conversation. So he should have been there. They played. Yes. The Heisman ceremony was that, that night. night. Yeah. They could have taken him by helicopter right. to get to the ceremony. And instead of inviting him, he finished in the top five that year. Instead of inviting him, the Heisman said, no, nah, we're good. What an awful, awful decision by that guy. I don't remember what was behind it. It was a bad decision. I agree. We'll come back, finish up the hour, Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106 Paul, 1-800. That's off. Hi, Miller and Condon. 
Welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the first hour of the pro, uh, program. Bill Bender on college football. Frank Schwab on the NFL. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. Well, the Iowa-Kentucky Music City Bowl depth chart is out. Kirk Ferentz is going to meet the media tomorrow uh, at 2.30. It is the signing day press conference. Um, once you get past the Caden Proctor, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm guessing it'll turn very quickly to what's left of this roster that will play on New Year's Eve that morning. Yes, I, I think that's going to be a huge component of it. It'll be interesting to see you know, how much of that is strictly about just recruiting, because that's usually what it is. But it's our first time hearing from Kirk in such a long time. Yeah, Should he have done it differently? Did the recruiting, I mean, look, they're going to the University of Iowa. They're, one of their dreams is to play college football. I'm guessing that mm-hmm. has been fulfilled, or at least a chance to, because you've signed. But does that take away from, air quotes, signing day? I've been a long proponent when they added this extra signing day in there that this should have been in August, that this should happen before school mm. begins for the kids that are getting ready for their senior season. August 15th, maybe a date that work, August 1st, whatever it is. For the ones that are absolutely sure, yes, this is the way it's going to be. That is very easy. Then we have the traditional February signing day for the guys that make their decision during their senior year. I think it would make a whole lot more sense. And this calendar right now that college coaches are going through, look, I get it. This is what the money's for, right? right. Yeah, you're, you're, pay, you're compensated well, and you got to deal with a lot at this point. But now with the transfer portal, what it has morphed into, that's its own set. And because of that, it would be, I think, just, frankly, an easier way to set this up and to make a whole lot more sense if you're not also dealing with the high school recruiting part of it right now. You will get to that when we get to February. Yeah, you almost have to split up your staff, don't you? You do. Now, you do have the component where you have guys that want to enroll early, that want to start mm-hmm. classes in January and get going. Proctor's one of them, is he not? He is. And if you haven't signed back in August... Well, that maybe would negate things. Here's the thing. You don't have to sign a national letter of intent. You can just go to the university and start your classes. That is an agreement, yes, but it is not something that you have to do in order to enroll. And because of that, hey, if there's a guy out there, he makes a decision in October and he wants to start in January, okay, start classes. You're part of our class and we'll talk about you in February. That's all well and good, but do it that route. Coaches don't like that, though. Because there is not that binding right. agreement right. that goes along with it. It's still time for them to flip. Yes. Uh, the depth chart, what stuck out to you? Well, QB1 starting with Joey yeah. Labus at yeah. the top. He is listed as the starter at that position. Uh, good to see Deontay Vines on there because he was a guy rumored to possibly be heading mm-hmm. towards the transfer portal. Nothing obviously ever came out, and he is listed as a starter in one spot. Uh, Nick DeYoung, still a junior. I, I don't know. For whatever yeah. reason, I thought our time watching the Pella grad was going to be over, but looks like he's got another year of eligibility. And offensively, uh, Sam Laporta. But the big news, Xavier Wampa not listed as a starter. Yeah. I mean, that, that's I was, the that's, biggest takeaway. I was takeaway. surprised. Now, you expect him to play, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be out there. And again, Sebastian Castro is listed as the starting strong safety. Well, if he's playing cash. You need another well, we safety need out there. On the field. What about Dallas Cradith? He's in the transfer portal. He is in the transfer portal. Guy we talked about a little bit, four-star coming out, yep. had some big-time offers, yep. went to Iowa, never played defense for the most part outside of in mop-up duty, but stuck around, became a really good special teams you know, guy, and now he's got a chance, to, and he probably looks at it. Look, he's not going to play next year. Mm-hmm. Castro's back, Wampa's back, Quinn Schulte's back. All those guys are going to be there. So why are they giving him a chance? Are they trying to keep, is this kind of a carrot that we want you? Well, it could either be that or... Or, hey, maybe we'll get a little film on you. Hey, we're going to help you out. This kid did it right. Play, graduated, yeah. 
He did everything. It didn't work out for him as a safety, but he did everything that we ask of you, and we're going to help you out a little mm-hmm. bit here and, and get you 15 snaps on the field as a safety. Because if he does participate, Trent, there's probably going to be playing time for oh, him on, right. on uh, thir- 31st. You would think so, yeah, uh-huh. because that defensive backfield, we've talked about the injuries that they sustained throughout the year. Now, there's going to be opportunities out there because of that. I, I think it makes sense, and well, if it's not him, who else would be <laughs> listed? Because Reggie Bracey's gone. He's in the transfer portal. He was a guy that was listed as a backup all season long. So that's where they are. But, yeah, not seeing Wampa in the top spot that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, yeah, for me, too. It, it's um, you know, when, when you think back to uh, Ferentz and Brian Ferentz is talking about the, the quarterback position mm-hmm. and what the big gap it was between Petrus Padilla to that third guy, whoever that was. Yeah. I mean, what do we expect here? Awfulness. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can't expect much more, right? It's the Brian Ferentz offense coupled with a quarterback that has never played, mm-hmm. be it May or and Joey Labus. Yeah, and was significantly behind the two guys who are, who are well, uh, nothing right. short of mediocrity. Now, what happens if Joey Labus goes out there? Let's not Well, if that, if that happens, Trent, then if he that's goes, awful. If he goes 12 of 17 for that, 180 that, yards, That's the worst thing that could possibly happen to the yeah. Ferentzes. But if he goes change? out and shines? Will anything change? No, you're, you're still digging in your heels that Brian's going to do the I, I, right thing and walk away. Brian Ferentz will. I'm I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. A guy that walked into that press conference when he was under fire mm-hmm. and said, "I don't quit. Yeah, I keep working." No, nope. that I do not believe He's, that he, he, made, he made it through the season. He made it through the season. Yep. I don't believe now that he has move on. enough understanding. He cannot look in the mirror and say, "You are not good at your job." Or I don't if, believe he has that. Okay, if he doesn't move on, he moves on to another. He's not. I'll put it this way: He's not the OC. That's where I'll commit to. I don't think we're going to get there. You think he's the offensive I think they're going to run the garbage back again another season. Hmm. Despite the blowback that you know is coming, not only in state, yes. but, from, but nationally. But nationally. Yeah. And you think that they're willing to put Daddy's up with that. Yeah, he's a little boy. Yeah. That's why nepotism is an awful thing. Yeah, look, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And here we are. Yeah. All right, now we're Hope number two. Right. <laughs> no, me too. Um... Uh, Bill Bender will start it off. Frank Schwab will get into the NFL. Are the Packers really alive? I don't know. We'll see. They played well last night. Or did they just play the right team last night? Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hour 2 coming up next.